0: Before we get started, I want to say to all my fellow Asian-Canadians and to my fellow Asian-American neighbors, happy Asian Heritage Month! Now, I actually completely forgot about the resources page I said I would post last month, uh, about two months ago actually, already. Um, I did make the page, but I forgot to link it, so it should be hopefully linked up on the website now. Go to ADHDdiversified.ca and check it out. I'm working on getting more resources up there, but in the meantime, let's get going. You're listening to ADHD Diversified, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, MJ, a Canadian-born Asian with ADHD. Here on ADHD Diversified, we're not just sharing stories, we're diversifying the voices, the experiences, and the way we share those stories. We know ADHD is not defined by skin color, ethnic background, or where we are on the globe. But how we navigate with our ADHD, if it gets recognized at all, can be determined by our environments, upbringing, and culture, especially in underrepresented communities. It's not just about awareness. It's about opening the conversation and turning awareness into acceptance. Because no matter who we are or where we are from, we are all allowed to ADHD in the unique ways that we do. So if you have ADHD and you're wondering where you fit in, you're in the right place. Find out more on our website at ADHDdiversified.ca. Anyway, transitions are hard. So enough with the intro and let's jump in. It's the beginning of May, and I unintentionally botched episode 10 and mentioned almost nothing about that episode being a part of the whole We Are Not Flawed series. But I do hope it was relatable. In all seriousness, though, this whole me not sitting still and basically being hammy from over the hedge in human form is unsettling. Ha, get it? Unsettling. But um, Apologies if you're unsure of the reference, but. Over the Hedge is a great movie. Anyway, everything I had planned for last week was totally borked because, you know, when the ADHD wins and life happens and there are things that if they weren't in your control, I'm sure you can relate to this that shame ends up coming up anyway, at fault or not. Long story short, I missed last week. Whoops. Man, only 10 weeks into the podcast and I've already managed to miss a week. It seems like my theme of, uh, I guess, talking about shame has really come up a lot and trying to overcome it is really tough. It must be something important or relevant, you know, if I'm bringing it up all the time because, you know, as people with ADHD, we've had to endure shame after shame, whether it's being shamed by others or shaming ourselves. Now, I know, even though I've grown a lot since joining the Rewired Coaching Groups, which is what kicked me off to starting this podcast in the first place, and, you know, even though I've managed to, well, I think a lot of us have managed to survive the dumpster fire of a year that was 2020, um, and then before that, I finally graduated from college before I even knew I had ADHD, there's still this nagging feeling and this not-so-awesome perception that I have of myself that... I'm still a screw-up, I'm still a fuck-up, and that I'm not doing enough and that I'll never be able to do or be enough. Now, the thought doesn't come up as often as it used to, but I suppose it's just a habit that I'm used to being, you know, self-deprecating. I'm used to being tough on myself, even in situations that don't even call for it. Does anyone else relate to that? So when those feelings come up, I find myself kind of rationalizing for them. I mean, why not keep expecting myself to make mistakes or why not keep expecting to fall short of someone else's expectations over and over? After all, if I have low expectations of myself, it'll be harder to disappoint myself, right? Wrong. I mean, I still manage to disappoint myself even when I've set the bar low. Let's see, how do I explain this? Okay, so I accept that I have ADHD. You know, I have tools and coping mechanisms, and the new ones being presented to me all the time. You know, I get to pick and choose which ones I get to use for whichever appropriate situation. I guess what I'm trying to say is I accept where I fall short, but I don't stop there. It's hard, but once I get over the initial feelings of shame or you know, like a week's worth of being stuck in the shame, I'll take a really conscious effort and I'll make really deliberate actions to try and make sure they don't happen again, or at the very least, not happen as often. I know the tools to help me succeed do exist, and I accept the fact that I can and have coped and compensated for the times when my ADHD brain has decided to take its sweet, sweet time to quote-unquote... Help me get something done. In other words, not helped me. I don't know. I mean, okay, sometimes my ADHD brain can be helpful, but that's, you know, there's other stories for that. Anyway, I guess what I'm having a hard time accepting now is the fact that I've even managed to make it this far. Cause here's the thing, acceptance plays a huge part in the way we move forward and how quickly we can move forward. Sure, I've accepted the quirks, You know, some of them are what make me, me. But that's only one piece of the puzzle when it comes to acceptance. This is a big part of something else that I've talked about with a lot of other people. When we work on ourselves and become more aware about our ADHD and how our ADHD brains work, it can really feel like shit. Yep, I said it. It can really feel like shit. And it can be hard to believe that we can do hard things, you know? It's like this weird split of feelings, I guess. Like, okay, how do I explain this? Like, when I found out that so much of what I'd experienced and struggled with was because of my ADHD, it was like, holy fuck, this is why. I must not be so stupid after all. But that was only the first part of that thought process, because the thought that followed that statement in my head was, but I am still kind of dumb, right? Ugh. There's no winning with my brain, I swear. It's like there's that thing where, you know, for some of us, when we finally found out about our ADHD, we might have first said, no wonder, followed by, I wish I knew this sooner. Then, if you were like me, maybe you dove into some self-help books and did research and then did more research. And then maybe you asked around and probably did everything you could because, well... Okay, because I thought I could fix myself. Uh-huh. I thought, you know, at some point, even sometimes now, like, I still think and hope that maybe I could fix my ADHD somehow. And that's really only when I get to low points. Because, yeah, I I do actually like my ADHD brain. Anyway, little did I know, you know, all those coping mechanisms I had developed were basically the overcompensations for the fact that I do have a plethora of struggles that even when I find a shiny new tool to use, I am always, always, always still trying to figure it out. But what are those overcompensations? Do they even matter? Like I'm still gonna have ADHD. So do they really make a difference? Okay, yeah, some of them, well, one in particular for me anyway, really does make a difference. Say, for instance, you know, if you're, if you're an overplanner like me, I like to be able to see ahead and kind of at least half expect what could be coming up next. Before, I used to be obsessed with planners and stationery and notepads and templates and printables, and then bullet journaling came along. Seriously, like anything I could get my hands on, I did anything and everything I could to help structure my lists and schedule my days on paper. Today, I've gone mostly digital. I personally really like using Outlook for my calendar because it makes time blocking really easy. And then Microsoft To Do helps me to sort of do quick brain dumps and then I can drag and drop those lists into my calendar And then there's ClickUp for even more task management, which I'm, as of this recording anyway, pretty obsessed with. Some awesome person introduced me to it, and I'm telling you, it's the bomb. Here's why this overplanning thing for me does make a difference. If I wasn't an overplanner, which I'm just declaring here that I am an overplanner, I probably wouldn't get anything done. Seriously though. While my calendar isn't set in stone, it does help me at least see what could be coming up next and gives me a clear visual representation of how much of my day is actually dedicated to things I really care about. That visual representation becomes essentially a reflection of my plans, my intentions, and my interactions. And then I can see what I've dedicated my time to versus what I might actually want to dedicate my time to. Like doing this podcast, here's a hint. Last week, I had very few blocks timed out to work on the podcast, which I'd say is about 80-something percent of the reasons why I just couldn't get this together last week. And I'm definitely that person who overestimates, too. Like, something that I think will only take me five minutes will probably, in reality, take me about ten minutes plus another five just in case. So I usually, by default, automatically just time block stuff by 15 minutes or half an hour. What I'm doing is, you know, accounting for the emotional startup before I get started and then doing the thing and then maybe finishing the thing. Then, of course, there's hyperfocus. From my understanding, hyperfocus is one of those things that some people talk about as a superpower with having ADHD. But for me personally, I'm not so sure. I mean, yes hyperfocus plus my tendency to overestimate my entire life does help me get things done. But there's a catch. Not only can I, and many of us with ADHD, hyperfocus on a task, but when it comes to planning, planning in particular for me is one of those tasks that I could get stuck into hyperfocus for hours. I'm not kidding. Hours and planning of all things, like really? Which on occasion has resulted in me planning so much to the point where I'm like, well, there goes the day that I had just planned for. Whoops. However, if I wasn't so hyper fixated on pondering and planning for quite literally any worst possible outcome of any and every situation, I'm not only sure I'd be caught up in the rapids that life throws me into sometimes but I'd very easily be swept away without some kind of backup plan and then a backup plan for that backup plan. I'd be gone. This is hard to say, but honestly, without all the overplanning and the structure I've always tried to put into every single one of my days, I'd probably be dead. Yep, okay, that was tough to say. That too will have tails for another day. Anywho. So not only that, but my tendency to overplan, overestimate, and try to think ahead as much as I possibly can, all of it has been fueled by anxiety. Fueled by wondering, what if this happens? What if I get stuck at a train? What if I get stuck at the second train? What if my car breaks down or a tire goes flat? What if the grocery store doesn't have everything I need on my list in one stop? Ugh, what if I have to make more than one stop? And what if, on the way from here to there or anywhere, another car hits me, or dot dot dot? Uh Uh-huh, you get it. It's the spiral. It can get pretty hectic in that ADHD brain of mine. And now, more recently, you know, the anxiety in me continues to rise. I'm fueled by the anxiety of something that isn't new, but... Just something that's been made more public, more open, more widely discussed. Especially during the pandemic, you know, it feels like I'm overcompensating more now than ever. You know, it's it's one thing after another, it seems. And the biggest thing that I'm still just trying to to wrestle with is just knowing that no matter how I sound, accent or not, no matter where I go and where I show up, the moment I do do show my eyes and my face, I will always appear to be a foreigner. I'm also fueled by the fact that as an Asian with ADHD, it breaks the stereotype of the model minority myth. And I'm anxious about, it sounds stupid, but I'm anxious about reputation of all things. I feel shame because I have feelings of shame about it. Because there are so many areas of my life that I believe I'm just, you know, not supposed to be like this. Anxiety on top of anxiety and behind everything I try to do, behind everything I try to achieve and even the things that I have achieved. And also behind every goofy face I make and every pithy phrase and word of wisdom and whatever comes to mind that might actually sound smart. I still wonder... Am I ever just going to figure it out? The honest and realistic answer to that is probably not. And even with the awareness and the knowledge and the tools, the community, at the end of the day, I'm still going to have ADHD. All this to say, the anxiety, the coping mechanisms, the overcompensations, and I guess overcorrections, really, in hopes that we might be better, just by trying and just by messing up when we do try, It does make us better. We aren't flawed when we try something and it doesn't work. What that really means is, is that we've learned what doesn't work for us, and it helps to narrow down the search of what can work for us. We aren't flawed when we can't stick to our schedules, when we miss a day or a week or even a month. We aren't flawed when we fall back into old habits and thought patterns that tell us that we're not good enough. And most of all, we are not flawed just because we have ADHD. My hope for all of us is that when we reach the point of acceptance, that even when we stumble, that we can always learn and know that we can get back up. That we can do hard things. And that we, that you, you are not alone. See you next time. Hey friends, it's MJ again. We've come to the end of today's show, but if you're still here, thanks for hanging out. Head over to our website to find show notes and additional resources for today's episode. You can find all of that at ADHDdiversified.ca. There, you'll also find the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network, ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers, ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan, and Hacking Your ADHD with Will Kerb and the newest addition to the ADHD Rewired podcast family, check out the ADHD-friendly lifestyle with Moira Maiden, now available on your favorite podcast player. You can find all of us at ADHDdiversified.ca. Join me and the rest of the ADHD Rewired podcast family for a live Q&A every second Tuesday of the month. Go to ADHDrewired.com events to register. You can subscribe to ADHD Diversified on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy listening to your favorite shows. If you want to support diversity and neurodiversity, share this podcast with your friends, family, and whoever you think needs to hear our message. Who knows? Maybe someone's self-advocacy just might start here. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app where you can leave ratings and reviews. Remember, ADHD is not defined by skin color, ethnic background, or where we are on the globe. We all have a story. We all have a voice. And no matter who we are or where we are, we can come together to share our unique experiences. Let's keep the conversation going. Thanks again for being on this journey with me, and we'll talk to you in the next one.